Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Hi, everybody. This is Christine Mattis and Christine Karen Sahagurski. And you're listening to Law and Pop Culture. It's our podcast presented to you by the Mattis Law Firm, where we talk about entertainment, celebrities, things you see in the news that probably make you think, does that really happen in the law? And we're happy to explore that. And it's fun. And we're hoping to also educate and share some good information. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. Happy Monday to you, Chris. <laughs> I know. Happy Monday. I'm happy the weather broke. Um, I know. Here in the East Coast, and I'm not going to even dwell on what's going on in the West Coast, but we had like kind of a sweltering last couple of weeks, like heavy. When you walk out, you can hardly breathe. Like, uh, yes. Like and exactly. then it broke yesterday, like all of a sudden, it was like someone just opened the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was really nice. It was a nice, like, cool breeze yesterday. But anyhow, I mean, that, that was always, it's always good when that happens, especially in the summer. You just get like a little respite from all the crazy hot you know, humid weather that you can get up here in the New York, New Jersey area. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so listen, Chris, I'm, I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite movies that we're talking yep. about today. Uh-huh. So for this episode, everyone, we're talking about, you know, what happens when you request guardianship and when this guardianship gets entangled up with things like, oh, I don't know, family disputes, like economic matters, like, you know, people contesting wills and such. And of course, you know, maybe coupled in with a little bit of elder abuse. I mean, it's it's kind of sad because obviously you have somebody who needs your assistance, but all the stress and all the, you know, um, all the things that are going on mm-hmm. with the family sometimes creates uh, a not so positive atmosphere for, for the loved one. Um, so let's talk really quick about this classic movie uh, titled Rain Man. Um, just for those people who haven't heard about this, this is from 1988. Maybe some people who are listening here weren't even born that time. But um, in case you haven't seen the movie, this is a movie with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Huge, huge in the 80s, right? Um, And just to talk, let's talk a little bit about the storyline. So here, Tom Cruise plays a guy named Charlie Babbitt. Charlie um, is a... uh, you know, kind of estranged from his father. They had a falling out when he was young. And then he finds out in the very beginning of the movie that his father passes away. Um, Charlie lives in LA. His father, he grew up in Cincinnati and he went back to Cincinnati to go to the, you know, funeral. And he's now talking to the attorney who's talking about the dad's father's will. And he's sitting there and he finds out that dad created a will that left everything in trust for some person and the attorney wasn't at liberty to disclose who that person was and all tom cruise got was this car classic car and a rose bush but basically this car is the reason why they had a falling out him and his father anyhow he now goes on a quest to find out like oh my gosh who is this person who's gotten getting dad's $3 million worth of assets. Mm -hmm. He goes to the bank to find out who the trustee is. He finds the trustee and turns out the trustee is a doctor in a, you know, a mental institution. And sure enough, he gets over there, somehow uh, discovers that 
the person who this trust is for is actually his brother, a yep. brother he never knew about. Um, so tell me more. I mean, Chris, think about yeah. that. I mean, just right there, talking about that part where, oh my gosh, what do you mean there's a person with receiving something from a trust? Yeah. That was so odd. I was like, oh my gosh, they didn't even tell him who the trustee is. No, and he had a brother. You know, and, and, you know, looking back now, just to, you know, as we see things today, you know, um, you know, we see here that, you know, when a trust is created, one of the things that are much different from a last will and testament is that trusts are private. Yeah. No one really has, you know, the wherewithal to know where to find the trust unless you are in the know. Whereas when someone dies, a last will and testament, it becomes public. Everyone gets a copy of it. You can really see who's involved, where money is going, things like that, you know, in a kind of, uh, kind of will that may not have been thought out that too Mm -hmm. much information can be in there. (laughs) Exactly. wills where people do online and they're putting social security numbers on there and, you know, oh. and, and, and actual account numbers on there. I'm thinking that's a no, no. Exactly. But, so that was one telling thing that probably was an eye opener and hard for people to imagine saying like, mm-hmm. so you mean there's a trust and we don't know who's involved. Yeah. That's right. Possible. Exactly. And is it possible for the trust to be shared with other people? Sure. But it has to be specific in the trust who gets a copy of it, exactly. you know, or even through state law, you know, in certain right. states, it's quite obvious who gets a copy of this and who does not. Exactly. Um, but for the most part, not everybody has privileges to it. So that was interesting. That's, I thought yeah. that was good that they dwelled on that. Yes, um, exactly. You know, sadly, and, and you know, again, if someone's being disinherited, you know, it does happen more than likely, um, you know, we've always said, depending on other circumstances, sometimes you want to put it in a trust because, you know, mm-hmm. now you're airing family business publicly. I have three children and four of them are out of the will, except for this one. I mean, and that could be in a last will and testament for everyone to see. And some people don't care about that. And then we have some families say, like, you know, it was very traumatic and this is hard. And the last thing we want is now everyone to know about what's going on as family. So a trust exactly. might be a tool to consider when you're disinheriting mm-hmm. um, a family member, like in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, that was, I thought that was pretty telling. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that that's pretty accurate in that sense where he's slowly discovering things, you know, mm-hmm. it's not as easy because it's in a trust, you know, right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, very, very, yeah, that was a good point. That was a good yeah. point. And I think that really set the stage of the reveal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so he, of course, you know, just obviously this is all in the beginning of the movie, but he finds out that his, he has a brother. Uh, it's clear that it's his brother because he talks about, you know, uh, where he lives, which is the address of the father. He talks about driving this, you know, classic car that, you know, Tom Cruise brings up into the, you know, into the institution. We call, you know, we, we don't want to say mental institution, but it is and that that's really what it was. It was a facility where they were, you know, taking care of him. And sure enough, of course, Tom Cruise has this idea. Hmm. I take him with me, <laughs> which is what he ends up doing, essentially kidnapping his brother from the from the institution. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm gonna hold him hostage until this trustee gives me half of my inheritance. What a crazy guy. But anyhow, that yeah. was where it became unbelievable for me because, like, oh my gosh, that would have sure. never happened. But anyhow, no, I, I mean there'll be police involved. There'll be, you know, know, so let's reassure listeners. Not so easy. Not you know, so easy happened. to do that i thought it was to jump into the convertible and just go (laughs) exactly i mean and 
1988, I wasn't an attorney yet. So I wouldn't, I wasn't thinking of it at all, you know, back then. But when I watched it again, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to happen in real life. But anyhow, so then it's supposed to be a three hour flight over to LA. That three hour flight became a six day drive because, you know, obviously he had, to, you know, Tom Cruise discovered that, you know, taking care of his brother who was, you know, who is, um, uh, who was said to be autistic, although in the movie, he's really a savant. You know, I don't know enough about like all the details of that, but he was brilliant. His mind was amazing. Um, and he, um, you know, he had, but he had his ways. So it wasn't just let's start driving and we'll be in L- LA in three days from Cincinnati. It was, you had to stop at certain times, watch movies and watch TV shows at certain times, have meals at certain times, go to bed by a certain time. And, and- it was um, challenging. So, you know, you look at the movie today. So mm-hmm. I think that movie, the way it was created would not have been made today because, you know, you're having a typical person, Dustin Hoffman playing right. a atypical, you know, per, yes. uh, person, that's not proper, you know, right. and where I have read is that the autism community does, you know, we all cringe with that, you know, that's mm-hmm. not proper. There are very well, you know, experienced um, actors out there who could have fit that role. Mm-hmm. But it was, unfortunately, perhaps that was the time. Yes, The absolutely. good thing about the movie, I don't think, is that it mm-hmm. did put autism on the map. Yes, that is did. probably the good thing is that it did wake people up up to see these situations with family members, that this is something um, that is now recognized internationally. So that was the start, I have to say. But for the most part, you know, um, you know, in our special needs community, Uh this movie is challenging to watch because you're seeing, you know, non special needs actors playing a role. And that was hard, you know, but um, I do feel that it did put it on the map. So that's a good thing. So that's the positive. Always looking for the positive. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, You know, and Tom Cruise isn't hard to look at. So, you know, sorry, you know, the movie, (laughs) that's all all I'm going to (laughs) say. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he takes, you know, kidnaps. Kidnaps. Exactly. How crazy is that? But (laughs) in the end, of course, like, you know, it's really about his journey to find, you know, to to connect with a family, his family, because what happens in the end is even though he can show that they've actually established a relationship, he really wasn't capable himself of taking care of this, you know, his brother. You know, there are so many, uh, you know, bumps along the way for him to discover just exactly what type of care his brother needed. And in the end, you know, it wasn't about the money anymore, which was always the good feel part of that, that, that right. movie, right? Because, you know, he was given an opportunity to settle it much less than what he wanted initially, but he even rejected that because at the end, he really just wanted to take care of his brother. But it came to the point of, when it came to the point of determining yeah. who his brother really wanted to be with, his brother couldn't make that decision. He just wasn't capable of doing that. So right. that be, it became very clear at that point, it became apparent that the best place for, you know, for Raymond, the brother, was actually actually with, you know, the doctor who was the trustee and the institution that he was, which by the way, the interesting part about this when, when I was listening to it was that he was there willingly, Raymond Babbitt, I mean, the character that was played by um, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. uh, that he willingly went there because there was no guardianship over him, yeah. um, you know, throughout the movie. That's yeah. why, you know, Tom Cruise was like jumping on it and say, oh yeah, I can do this. <laughs> exactly. So, and I uh, thought that was interesting for... Yeah. Um, for a person at that age um, with those situations, 
Um, you know, every, every family has a different situation, but it is interesting that, you know, when we have to contemplate something called guardianship, those are heavy decisions. Every family has their own um, situations and it's custom. It's never a, you know, one size fit all. Um, you know, what's good is that, you know, there are things called limited guardianships where we could carve out certain things that we do want you know, someone to be managed with and mm-hmm. not, you know, that they're perfectly capable of handling themselves. So, yes, um, you know, guardianships, um, you know, aren't a blanket and that's it. You know, someone's taken over and you're done. You know, there are ways to carve it to fit that family. So it's really important to sit down with experienced attorneys to, to really talk about it, you know, to yeah. find out what it is, because I just think it's very challenging to always say like guardianship and that's it. And we take over everything. And then, yes. you know, because I remember having a case where we we're doing a guardianship. And the mom had told me that her son, you know, with everything that he needs help with, but Chris, he is very, very well versed in politics and he really wants to vote. So we Uh really carved out that right to vote that was still his, Uh um, you know, and driving. He really wanted to drive, you know, and we had to make sure that he can get his own driver's license and things like that. So again, see, you know, it's a custom situation and right. that uh, can be done for families. But yeah, right, in this situation, it was telling, say like, he has nothing. I said, I'm surprised he hasn't made a nothing. move to be guardian at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, one thing I also wanted to point out with that is, you know, when it comes to guardianships and here in New Jersey as well, you know, whenever somebody wants to be appointed, you know, there's always a preference too. In this case, you have a brother that was his brother who was possibly seeking guardianship over him. And it is preferable to have brother, a parent, a spouse, a child. These are the yeah. people, you know, who the law has a preference for to be the guardian of a person. But, you know, there has to be obviously certain things in place to make sure that all the family members are aware of what's being done. But, you know, it's not it's not like the guardianship like we saw in that movie a few weeks ago I care a lot you know the preference is not some court appointed guardian or some random person that you picked off the street who might be taking advantage of this you know of the ward incompetent ward situation the ward being the person of Mm -hmm. whom the guardianship is being you know who is going to be the I guess the person who would be guardianship over but um I mean that there are you know those protections so um I thought that this was so tough for me. I was like, oh, I was almost saying to myself, watching it again 30 years later, thinking to myself, yeah, I want him to be guardian. He's the brother. Of course he's going to be guardian. But I remember what the story, how the story ended, but, you know, didn't change, I guess, after 30 years. (laughs) I know, but you watch it and you feel like, well, that sounds a natural choice. And and it could, it it probably could be, but it's so true. You know, you're right. You know, they do look at family, but there are you know, when sometimes it just doesn't fit, you know, um, because again, every family is different. That's just yeah. every circumstance is different. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, overall, it was a great movie. Um, you know, the idea of the trust is one thing, but also the managing of the brother and the adventures. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, for the most part, to me, it was just a great adventure story, you know, right, um, absolutely. But um, I I really felt that, you know, a lot of that could not have been in reality happening, you know, if we really looked at it. uh, (laughs) Yes, exactly. Having brother go, you know, just be gone, just be gone. It's just not gonna happen. With no roadblocks in place, no, you know, silver alert or something. I mean, honestly, that's, that's what would happen. (laughs) I mean, the world is so different now from the way it was in 1988. So I think they wouldn't have thought of those certain things. 
things. But at the same time, if you think about it, if there was no guardianship over the person, maybe, you know, that was probably why they couldn't do, you know, they can portray it that way. Then again, laws have changed significantly since then as well. So a lot more protections are out there for everyone, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that also brings us to talk, thinking about, you know, guardianships and protections and limitations um, to the, in the news. And it was just recently, it settled, um, Casey Kasem. Oh my so goodness. Yes. Wants to talk about his guardianship <laughs> situation and also the, um, you know, the battle with the estate. So yeah. for those who may not know, and I, I, God bless Mariana. So Mariana helps us with this show. She, pre- you know, presents some ideas and I love how Mariana says, Hey, we should talk about Casey Kasem, but I don't know who he is. <laughs> I said, <"Of> <laughs> I remember <laughs> you're young, and, you know, so, you know, in the big picture for some people who may not know Casey Kasem, he has a golden voice, that gentle, positive voice. Oh, he was, was well wonderful. known as the DJ for America's top 40. He would mm-hmm. count down the hits. I remember sitting on our kitchen table with my tape recorder because I thought I was fancy. I'll tape the songs from the radio. Sorry, copyright people. And then I would know this together. And this would be my music. And I would have all the beautiful, but I would listen to him every Saturday trying to figure out, you know, ooh, what number is this song on and, and things like that. Uh, and so I, I loved him. And he's also known with his various different stories that he would have um, and many jobs that he would have is basically his voice of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. But he's, you know, also with other... Uh, other voice acting that he has a really prolific career. He was, he was just famous internationally, to be quite honest. Um, and every Saturday morning, you know, he was our staple in our house too, watching Scooby-Doo. So just yep. really grew up with Casey. Mm-hmm. Casey. Absolutely. So the sad thing is that, you know, in the big picture, um, Casey um, had remarried. And so his wife, Jeannie Thompson, which is very mm-hmm. interesting. She was an actress herself. Yes. <laughs> and she was on, she was most famously on Cheers. Right. Um, she had played um, the wife of Nick, the ex-husband of uh, Carla. Um, and it was just funny. She had that high-pitched voice, you know, so she was very funny on Cheers. <laughs> yes. So they married. Um, Casey had three children from a previous marriage. And unfortunately, you know, the kids and Jeannie did not get along. And it just was a very strained relationship. And it came to the point where um, about seven years ago, a little bit more than that, uh, his mental health was declining, diagnosed with dementia. And it was at that point, I heard around 2012, where Jeannie started blocking contact from the kids to Casey. And I have to say, um, you know, reading this, it, it is cringeworthy. It's so, it's probably such a big epic battle of kids versus second wife. Um, a lot of emotions, a lot of venom talk, um, you know, very hard. And it does come to bring that question because what happened was that second wife had medical durable power of attorney. And so you do wonder, does she have the right to block the kids from seeing their father? And it could you know, it, it really could. Um, I have these questions that happen that are posed to us in our firm with various situations. I mean, I even have one currently where we are being asked, you know, here's the situation. I can't see my father. Second wife won't let me. Uh, in a, he is in a nursing home. I go to the nursing home and they say, oh, you're not permitted to see your dad. It feels so raw and hard. 
and it is possible. If that medical power of attorney says so, unfortunately, that's being honored. But I'll let you know, I do feel that there's legislation coming where there will be um, at least a visiting, a visitation order that can be put in place. Um, but it, it's really a knot of issues, you know, and I'll, I'll let you know the whole drama with Casey Kasem, it culminated where Jeannie in the middle of the night in the nursing home, unplugged his G-tube, unplugged the ventilator, moved him mm-hmm. at 2.30 at night to out west, undisclosed area at the time to the kids. Right. You know, and oh apparently, you know, this is probably going to be contested, but, you know, I had read that there was a doctor's note that had did say that if you do this, you are putting his life in jeopardy. And she did it anyway. Right. Of course, she's saying there's no such thing. No doctor ever said that, you know, so it's who knows. Um, kids finally tracked down their dad out west and he was in poor shape. Daughter Carrie was really able to get an order, which I have to say probably was so hard oh, I to can put him imagine. back. I think mm-hmm. she got guardianship. So she was yes, able to temporarily mm-hmm. put him back in the hospital. And but at, at that point, it was just much too late. And then he died. Right. And so right. when he died, wrongful death suits were first criminal um, charges were tried to be uh, filed. But it unfortunately, uh, I'm hearing no, but it may be reopened right. at this date. Um, they filed wrongful death actions against each other, kids versus Jeannie, Jeannie versus kids. Um, and only recently, a couple of months ago, it was settled. They both dropped their suits and they settled uh, with regards to the estate. He had an $80 million estate, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, you know, so they had to dish that out. Um, he did have a child with Jeannie. So, you know, there's um, things to be split with her. But, you know, some of the things to take a look at is, you know, again, when we are choosing who's going to be our power of attorney, medical power of attorney, and let's just be clear, right, Chris, those are two different documents. Mm -hmm. Power of attorney itself is all about your finances, has nothing to do about you seeing this person and not allowed to see this person. Whereas your uh, your medical power of attorney is all about your health and welfare. And if that person in charge, that agent says that seeing certain people are detrimental to that person's health, then it's a no-go. They're not going to be able to visit. That's basically the law right now. And again, it's going to be changed. Um, Very challenging. Very, very challenging, Chris. Um, Absolutely. Stressful. And these are the causes. So then what do you do if you feel that the agent isn't doing right by your parent? Well, one of the only other things to do is to file a petition in court. Yes. And unfortunately, those are expensive, emotional Mm -hmm decisions to be made. Um, right. Sometimes you have no choice, but that is the only avenue right now that right. I, I can't uh, see any other way to do this unless talking to the person, the agent coming to an agreement. Right. Um, but if you can't, if they just say, no, can't see it, uh, you have no choice either to let it go. Do you have the fight in you or right. can you? And the exactly. And that's why it's so important too to just really think about who these people who you, you know, in your life, obviously, they, you know, when Casey Kasem did this, it was natural for him to make his wife the medic, you know, the medical proxy. But knowing too that there were some certain situations with a family, maybe there's something that they he could have worked out. Do you think there was something he could have worked out in the beginning and maybe have them co-guardians or a co-medical proxy, you know, power of attorney? Do you think that would have been an option for him? And, you know, Just- again, I've always thought, too, like you said, is there an option? Again, you know, the reports say that it was a strained relationship 
for a long while. So maybe when he was dealing with his attorneys, it would have been helpful to say, this is going to be a challenge. Could they have carved out, you know, can the kids visit, you know, put that in the medical power of attorney right. under no circumstances, shall I be blocked from seeing my children or I don't know, you know, I, but it would have been helpful. So then that agent would have no choice to say, you exactly. know, what? Uh, as much as yours, because I think that's a hard hump to overcome to say right. that he really wants to see his kids no matter what. And she'll have to argue that it's detrimental to his health, but actually how, like, how do you, how do you right. prove that? I'm how, not really sure how you do it that. Is. It is, it is, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. And then, but it was a sad story. Very, mm-hmm. very sad story. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, why but, it's always important to have that conversation with the attorney when you're preparing this. And that's why sometimes these, these things are not just forms you download from the internet and, you know, yeah. point somebody to be in charge. You really have to consider not just, who is important that it knows all your, you know, medical preferences, but also you have to think about family dynamics. You have to think about how this is all going to come, you know, uh, play out when that time comes and it actually is used because you can no longer make decisions for yourself. That's why sometimes it's just good to talk to an attorney about those options. And, and, you know, a blended family, right? Yes. Lots of wonderful, wonderful layers and beautiful layers, but there could also be the underbelly of it where you have challenges that are much different from a typical situation. So you need to spell it out. Yes. And uh, you know, again, one of the things that I've always felt is again, like you said, you know, these are not, should not be cookie cutter. And, you know, when we're talking about it, I can already see people groaning like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about all the things I don't blame you. Exactly. However, when you hear a circumstance like this, and if you can imagine what Casey would do, he probably said, you know what? I should have took the time. I should have took the time to probably say, listen, let's carve out certain things and be creative. But then again, right. you know, who knows, would he have ever been able to think about this and say, I would never have fathomed that this bitter, venomous war between my wife and the kids would ever happen. Maybe not, but I don't know. I think it's now the job of everyone to bring it up as unpleasant as it may be Mm -hmm. and put it on the table. Say, is this possible that we will definitely have the situation or not? And maybe we can put in exceptions in your medical durable power of attorney. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Well, it's a good thing we can watch other people go through this so that we know what to do with our own, right? Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Gives us ideas. Well, everyone, uh, again, it was another fantastic, fun podcast. I can, you know, there's so much more information we can always chat about, Absolutely. Uh, but I, hopefully this was good information for everyone to contemplate power of attorneys, uh, guardianships, things that, you know, shouldn't be a cookie cutter. It's things that really need to be thought out and pieced together to fit that family. Um, I'm thanking everyone for listening in. I'm Christine Mattis. I'm Christine Karen Sahagurski. Thanks everyone for listening and tuning in for next episode. Thanks yes. everybody. Look forward to talking to you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more, go to mattislaw.com.